All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, the official podcast of HockeyFights.com. And being a Hockey Fights podcast, we're dropping the gloves. Today we have a guest who's an absolute killer. When you think of this guy, you think of him just throwing his fists, absolutely annihilating people. Like he, He's a beast. He's an absolute beast. Kirby Doc, thank you for joining the show, my friend. Yeah, thank you. I mean... Uh, gloves are still glued on, so um, we're good for the rest of the year that way. <laughs> the potential, though, I'm yeah. just waiting for the day yeah. you just unleash those myths. Makes me mad enough that I they come off. But you like we were talking before the show. You're a Western Canadian boy. Mm-hmm. You played in the dub. You obviously know how to handle yourself. Have you ever thought about just you know? I, I tried to find a fight of yours. I couldn't find one. Have you ever been in a fight ever? No, I've uh, never been in one, which is weird. I mean, played two, two and a half years in the dub. Um, and then that was, that was it. I've, I've been asked a couple of times, like in the Western League, but by guys that were meatheads just running around. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, Boy, yeah. Be careful with the Kirby. Let's not start this on the wrong foot here. I, <laughs> you know what I mean, like there's, there's a difference between guys that just run around looking for fights and guys that are doing a job out there. Like, I mean – the guy I played with on my wing my second year, uh, Riley McKay, he, he was a known fighter in, in the Western Hockey League, and we were great buddies, and he was out there. He had a ton of skill, actually. He plays in Rockford now, um, but he was out there to kind of protect me, so I didn't really have to fight my own battles, even though I was quite a bit bigger than him. Exactly. You're six foot. What are you, 200-some pounds now? You're putting on the weight. Yeah, yeah. So do you ever envision you adding that to your – your game, your style, because it is a benefit. You watch these guys sometimes, even Johnny Taves has dropped the gloves, Getzlaff got into a fight tonight. I don't know. It could be an asset for you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I'm pretty aggressive and get pretty emotional in the game. I just haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, it's go time, you know? (laughs) I got a younger brother where we fought all the time growing up. We still fight, but uh, I just it hasn't happened on the ice yet. All right. Well, maybe you'll, you're saving it for the playoffs. Who knows? So, anyways, let's get into it. So, you're drafted last year, number three overall. Not a big deal behind Jack Hughes and Capacaco. What was that like being number three overall? Did you have any aspirations? Did you have any idea the Hawks were going to take you? What was it? Just kind of walk us through that. I was never drafted. So, to me, it's just 
it's so strange to me to be number three overall. Yeah, uh, it was nuts. Um, I remember getting to Vancouver like four or five days before the draft. And I, I'm pretty good buddies with uh, Bo and Byram, and, uh, Dylan Cousins. So uh, we all had meetings with LA and Colorado who were four and five, but none of us heard anything from Chicago like the whole week, which was weird because we all like felt like we kind of had pretty good meetings at the combine with them and had a good understanding. But uh, and then an hour before the, t- the draft, Mark Kelly texted me on my phone from like a, a random number, like a, not the number he gave me. And it was like, hey, this is Mark Kelly. Uh, how would you like to become a Blackhawk? So I looked at it and I was like, is this real? Is this not real? So I showed my dad and my brother and they're like, I think it's real. Like, it's, it's real. So we kind of had that like, oh, it's happening moment, you know, like on the bus on the way there. And then yeah. I just remember when the Hawks went up, I looked over to my mom and I was just like, if it's my name, don't cry. Cause then I'm going to cry and I don't need that. <laughs> so I think, I think in one of the pictures, like as I'm like kind of hugging her and walking away, she, uh, she's starting to tear up, but I didn't see it. So, um, it, it was, it was fun. I mean, I don't remember anything after my name was called. Did you ever have a split second? You were like, I don't want to go to Chicago. Maybe I can text back. No, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> no, no. Everything I've heard, <laughs> I heard about Chicago, um, and now being here for a couple of years is true. Uh, I love the city. I love being around. It's such a sports city and people, uh, it's, it's blue collar. They love to win. And, um, I think it fits the group we have here. I mean, we're young and kind of going through a transition, but, uh, I don't think anybody really expected us to be where we are now. Uh, and with the guys out that we've, we've had out all year too. So, yeah, you mentioned that. You, well, we'll get to that in a second. First, I wanted to touch on your rookie year. You had a pretty successful rookie year. You know, you averaged a point every other game. Do you think it was a success? Like, how can you just – I'd say, yeah, like in terms of development and becoming the player I want to become, it was pretty successful that way. I mean, points and all these uh, advanced stats that people look into. Maybe yeah, they're a waste of time. Yeah, exactly. But maybe say otherwise, but I felt like I grew a lot and, and learned a lot as a, as a player and a person. Obviously I lived with Brent Seabrook last year and a little bit this year. And uh, I learned so much from him away from the rink on how to be a pro. And then I got Taser to learn from, to be uh, a good two-way centerman in this league. So it was a, it's a good group to be around as a young guy. You learned quite a bit last year. Yeah. Did you lean on Kaner and Taser and Dunks? Cause they came into the league as teenagers, just like yourself. Did they, take you under their wing and show you where to go in Chicago and this and that. Cause like you really are just stepping into this world that you had no idea. Chicago is not a small city, right? No, no, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty big. I remember the first time we got here, I was just like, Oh, I could get lost going around here. But um, no, it, it's good to have those guys around, even on the road and stuff like you're going for dinners with them and getting to pick their brains about what their career has been like. I mean, all those guys, all four of them that, I've kind of been the staples in Chicago for so long. I've been kind of those Hall of Fame careers and picture perfect, and I don't think they'd want it any other way. So uh, it's been fun having those guys around, and uh, it's it's really meant a lot to me to kind of grow and develop under them. Yeah, you seem like you hit your stride in the playoffs. Where you, you know, I don't want to see you carry the team, but I think the team that you were playing, they were focusing on Kaner. They were trying to lock them down. You kind of came into your own. What what happened? Like why? Why was the playoffs kind of different from the regular season? I don't know. I just felt more confident in my game. Um, I started working with Patrick Kane's trainer, uh, Ian Mack, and um, he did a really good job of making me feel strong and, and confident in my uh, lower body and uh, kind of my skating. I don't know if it, like, really fixed itself or 
I just got stronger with my lower body and um, kind of took off from there. But playoffs were fun. I love playing in that playoffs. It's atmosphere is always fun. I mean, even though there was no fans, the battles you have and, and the hatred that grows from game to game in a series is uh, always a lot of fun. So Kaner, between periods, he goes with Paulie Goodman and he gets his legs shaken and pulled and jiggled. Do you do that too? Do you follow him in there and get your legs worked on? No, no, I don't do that. Uh, I kind of do my own thing on the games. But, um, yeah, I kind of just kind of stick to what I've been doing since I've been like 13 or 14 uh, during game days. and They seem to work and uh, no need to change it then. You got to get your legs jiggled, Kirby. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It really will. It, it, I tried to get it done, but I didn't play enough minutes, and they yeah. just said, get out. Like you said, I was a meathead. No, you um, weren't a meathead. You had I'll perfect. forget that. Talking about the next the con- that we're in the dub for like four or five games just to, just to run around. The next convention, and we're going to have a talk because I'm never going to forget that. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Anyways, going into your second year, we did. let's talk about the convention. How fun was that? We that got was, to do a little um, – skit together that was a good time the comedy skit there yeah that was that was fun i mean i've never been a part of anything like that but it was it was pretty cool i got to meet a a bunch of you guys and see you guys away from the rink and kind of out of everybody's element so that was that was pretty cool i enjoyed that a lot actually i'd like to do that again obviously yeah covid kind of happened so we ruins everything we'll do it yeah chicago does a good job so the obvious question we asked um, people on Twitter and they, they said, ask him about the world juniors. Yeah. I don't want to beat this d- to death. Do you regret going? Do you regret? I- I'm assuming you asked Stan and he said, sure, go walk us through that. What was the decision-making like going to world juniors? You guys were gold medal favorites, like by far. I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse or make you feel bad. What was the decision like? Do you regret going? Break it down for me, Kirby. Yeah, so... Uh, Don't cry. If you cry, I'm going to cry. No. Um, I think it was like a couple <laughs> days before the draft, uh, and the IHF kind of came out and said, hey, we're going to go ahead with the World Junior. So I saw that, and I was like, NHL hasn't announced anything. They don't really have a plan going forward. So I text my agent. I was like, hey, is this a possibility, or is NHL going to start soon? And he says, I'll check with Stan. Checked with Stan. Stan kind of just said, hey, we're going to focus on the draft. Uh, we'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. So talked to Stan here and there for a couple of weeks. And at the end of it, he's like, NHL doesn't come up with a plan. And as far as I know, World Juniors isn't really going to impact your season with us. So you can go, but if the league starts up and you're still there when we need you to be in Chicago, we're pulling you from the tournament. Could be before the gold medal game. Could be any time you're coming back. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I get it. So it was like dead set on going to the World Juniors. I mean, you grow up wanting to be on that team. Like that's that's yeah. your goal, right? So yeah, uh, I didn't get to do it the year before either, which kind of sucked a little bit. But because uh, they won gold, and then obviously there, there's there's regret now that I broke my wrist. But I, I don't regret going. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to play with my buddies again and kind of uh, be a leader for that team and kind of almost switch switch roles from what I am now and being a learning young guy to one of the older guys where guys were leaning on me for advice. Yeah. How has it been the the recovery? Have you had any major injuries so far in your career? Uh, nothing requiring surgery. I obviously been hurt. Hockey's a tough game like yeah. that. I mean, every year since I've been 15, something's gone wrong, but 
Um, hopefully that changes coming years, but no, it's the first time I've needed surgery to really fix anything. Yeah. How's that been like just sitting out and watching games? You're, you're a star player. You're used to getting big minutes. Has it been weird just sitting back and watching? Uh, yeah, it kind of sucks. You know, like I feel like, uh, like a meathead it, who sits yeah, out no. and gets healthy scratched. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's been, been too long or over a year since I've played a game, but, uh, hopefully in the near future I can get in and kind of help the team in a positive way here. So I've been looking forward to that. Obviously been practicing the last couple of weeks and uh, getting better every day. Yeah. What's the status on that? What's the coach been telling you? Obviously you're taking contact. I saw that you look pretty good out there. What's the update? Can you tell us you're going to play tomorrow? We can break the news and it'll be great. It'll be great for everybody. No, no, not in tomorrow. Come on, Kirby, give it to me. Uh, no, I, I don't really have a, have a timetable. It's more of a, a comfort thing and feeling how confident I am with it. Obviously there's still some things that cause some pain and working through that slowly and um, we'll be out there as, as soon as I feel like I'm, I'm ready to go. It seems like the Blackhawks have exceeded most expectations this year. Um, like what was the vibe among the boys heading into the season and why do you think you guys have done so well so far? Uh, we were positive. I mean, we could even take it back to before the bubble uh, in Edmonton. We ever, not a lot of people thought we were going to beat Edmonton. And I just remember in camp, like looking at our team, like we're flying right now. Like we feel good. Our team's got a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger. We got one of the best players in the NHL on our team. We got Jonathan Taves, who's one of the best centermen in the NHL, and Corey Crawford and Duncan Keith on the back end. Like I take those four guys to win a game 10 times out of 10, right? Yeah. Well, we were confident that way. And even this year walking in, we knew we had a lot of young guys that haven't been established. And now I didn't think teams knew how fast and how skilled we, we'll be able to play at. So I think we took, caught a lot of teams by surprise. And now, uh, now we're down the home stretch of the season, a lot, a lot of tough games. So um, it's going to be fun, fun way to end the year and hopefully uh, get into that playoff spot and make a run at it. So the Blackhawks, too, like arguably the best team over the past decade or so. And, and usually when teams kind of go on runs like that, win cups, there's usually a lull. There's a, there's a rebuilding period that can sometimes last like a decade or more. But you, you're part of a young group that I think is going to kind of turn things around more quickly. You, you got yourself, Kubelik, Boquist, um, Debrinket. Like, do you guys consider yourself and, and, and you personally, like, do you think about that being part of that, that next generation? And do you kind of carry that mantle or do you just kind of go out there and play your game? Yeah, obviously it kind of crosses your mind once or twice, like, hey, this is like our kind of our time to turn the tables. But at the same time, uh, there's still a lot of older guys on our team that are helping us kind of guide the way and showing us and teaching us how to win each and every night. Those guys have been in every situation imaginable. Um, so it's, it's really valuable knowledge for us young guys to kind of go through and learn uh, how to win in those tough situations. But this year has been a lot of fun, even being around the dressing room, even though I'm not playing everybody's laughing, hooting and hollering. So uh, I, I'm excited to get back in the lineup and start playing games again. Yeah. And uh, so Kaner obviously just played his 1,000th game. Like, can you talk a little bit about just what he means to the younger players on the team and uh, how good he's been this year? Yeah. Uh, he's, in my mind, he's been the best player in the NHL this year. Um, he's so smart with the puck and protects it so well for such a, a little guy. It's, it's pretty amazing how well he does all that stuff. But uh, not a lot of people see the work he puts in. He's one of the first guys to practice. He's one of the last guys off the ice. He's always working on something, trying to get better. He's super competitive in the battle drills, never wants to lose. And I think that kind of has rubbed off on our, on our team and our young guys, especially we're kind of carrying that confidence and, and swagger with us when we play. And 
Um, he's been a huge impact uh, on my career and, and all the other young guys' career, obviously. No, it's a very sweet, Kirby. It's very sweet of you to say. Um, <laughs> another big reason you guys are doing well is your goaltending. I'll be honest. Um, at the start of the season, I was like, the Hawks goalies are going to be hot garbage. Malcolm Subban is an unknown. Dalia, I don't know who this guy is. That's going to be their downfall. Yeah. All of a sudden, this Lankanen kid comes in and is just playing lights out. Who, who is this guy? And how is he playing so good? I've never heard of this kid ever. Lank's, uh, Lank's pretty good. He's pretty dialed in. Like, he's a really super focused guy. And, but he's got that little kind of confidence swagger that he knows that he's, uh, he's doing his job. But he's, uh, he's the goalie that won gold at the Men's World Championships for Finland two years ago. Mm. Or something when they had that team with, like, only one or two NHL players on it. And beat Canada, beat the U.S., beat Russia. So he's uh, – Obviously, he's won that and kind of knows what it takes to, to win a tournament like that. But he's been great for us this year. Even Subi, when Subi's needed to be called upon, uh, he's been really great. And um, it's it's been a lot of fun being around those guys. Obviously, they're, they're young guys and, and they compete hard in practice. They uh, they hate to be scored on, and they're they got a good competition going uh, between the two, and it's fun to see. Yeah, Subban's been playing well. I gosh, I, I missed the mark on him. Like he's junk. He's gonna be terrible. He's gonna be out of the league real fast. What's uh what is it like in the in the room? Because there is kind of the young guys and then the old guys. Do you give them a hard time? Like easy old man, don't break a hip, or is there a respect factor? How how does that play out? I, there there's a there's more respect than than more than old man, don't break a hip. I mean <laughs> dunks thirty eight, thirty 37 he's one of the best skaters on the team so you can't really say that to him but uh it's fun to be around those old guys they like being around us too it makes them kind of feel a bit younger I mean if you talk to Dunk that's that's what he'll say and he enjoys having us around and um it, it's it's cool I mean those are the guys you idolize growing up man. you're on the road hockey or, or playing on the outdoor rink saying oh I'm Patrick Kane I'm Duncan Keith type of thing you know and uh to kind of be in the same dress room joke around with them hang out with them uh, it's pretty cool so when you come back, you tentatively coming back tomorrow, <laughs> not confirmed. Where do you slot into the lineup? What's your role going to be? How many goals are you going to score the second half of the season? Just a rough estimate for us and my, my listeners. Yeah, uh, I don't know where I'm going to play or who I'm going to play with or how much I'm going to play. That's up for Jeremy to decide. Oh, this is a boring answer, Kirby. It's, it's my I think job. I'm going the first line. Come on. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's my job to kind of force Jeremy to play me as, as much as I want to play. So um, I got to come back and kind of compete and be ready to go. And uh, my name's called upon. Do you address him as Jeremy when you see him? Uh, uh, Jeremy, Coach Carlton, Coach Jeremy. I don't know. I just – I've never called a coach by his first name. Is that the new thing with kids these days? You just, hey, Jeremy, what's going on, buddy? I guess Is so. Is that what you say to him? I don't know. Like I, I yeah, <laughs> never really got a nickname. Like my, my coach in junior's last name was Love, so I just called him Lover. But uh, Mitch Love. Yeah. I played with that guy in Houston, and he was one of the toughest guys I've ever played with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he that's was, unbelievable. He's he, so he was he a good coach? This is yeah. totally off topic here. I really I really liked Mitch. Um, super intense guy, but knew how to get the the best out of every player in our team. Some guys needed that 
yelling, uh, kind of kicking, screaming to get going. And then some guys needed that kind of soft persuasion or like motivational speech and touch. But uh, Mitch and I had a couple of battles. I mean, not to the point where it was, uh, he was going to start throwing fists at me or anything. Cause that wouldn't have been good at all. But um, we, we had a couple of battles back and forth, but we always had the respect for each other where it was like, okay, it was on the ice. We leave it at that and go about our day. Oh, very good. So what can we expect from Chicago then? What are you guys going to do? Are you going to make the playoffs? Are you going to fight off Columbus? And then are you a team to watch in the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. I think we got a lot of young talent that's hungry to kind of prove themselves. I think that goes a long way because all those rankings and stuff at the beginning of the year, I think we looked at it the other day. I don't think anybody had us above 25th place finishing. I had you 28th. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so uh we got a lot to prove and um we got those young legs that kind of go every night and guys are flying around the ice in practice and working out and kind of still staying in shape so i'm excited to get back and, and be playing with these guys and hopefully uh make a run and obviously our division's pretty pretty tough with those top three teams kind of separating themselves and it's a dog fight for the fourth spot but uh we're in it and uh we're running to the end one guy I want to ask about is uh, Boquist. I know you guys are buddies. He was drafted in the first round just before you were, the year before. Um, he's having a good season. I think he leads your defenseman in points. He's putting up some pretty heavy minutes. What have you seen from him this year? What do you think his potential is in this league as he continues to grow? Yeah, boki has been really good for us. Um, super offensively skilled. So much movement along the blue line. His hips are like butter. He skates so well. It's, it's, it's impressive. I love being around bulky. He's so much fun. To, he's just like a, he's like a little kid and he's just giddy and uh, he's always excited to be at the rink. So uh, we have a really great relationship. We're hanging out all the time. And uh, he, obviously for his potential, I think the, the sky's the limit with him for, for points wise and helping us produce that way. But at the same time, I think his defensive game this game, this year is uh, really kind of, taken off. I don't think anybody's really noticed how good his stick's been and how well positionally he's been this year. And I think he's caught a lot of players by surprise that year too. Can you um, just kind of paint a picture for our fans what buttery hips look like? <laughs> Not mine. Mine are, mine are bad. I got tough hips. I got to work on that. But What no, is I the just, opposite of buttery hips? He's always like opening up his hips like this along the blue line and doing these things and cuts back and forth. And uh, He's a really good skater like that. He's good on his edges and makes plays. I am totally out of the kid's lingo. Like I am a solid 20 years older than you are. <laughs> I'm just like buttery hips. So what on earth are we talking about here? Is that a, is that a dance move, Kirby? I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> well, you got a game tomorrow, so I don't want to keep you too long. So I listen, go get some dinner. Enjoy the rest of your night. Good luck tomorrow night. Hopefully you guys can get a win and get, get that uh, playoff spot solidified. And we'll talk soon, my friend. Okay. Thanks for doing this with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hopefully the, the boys can pull one out tomorrow. I'll be, I'll be turning them on. very good all right Kirby see you buddy well Kirby Doc Tim what do you think that was a blast and he remembered me that was kind of cool oh how happy were you did you just perk right up I I, I didn't care I mean it wasn't that big you cared you mentioned it before (laughs) I I wonder if you'll remember me (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we we uh we chatted a little bit at the convention when you were on stage so yeah he's a nice kid Good kid. Hopefully he comes back strong. Gosh, he's such a big body. 6'4", 200. When he fills out, he's going to be an absolute force. He really will be. He's got buttery hips, whatever that means. 
he's got silky smooth hands. Like he's going to be a good player in this league. It'll be exciting to see him in like five years where he's at because it's going to take him a little bit of time, I think, to develop into that player. But man, Chicago got a good one in him. I think uh, Getzloff was the comparison when he got drafted, and I think it's a pretty good one because another big, yeah. strong player, tall. Obviously, that he's he's filled out. I think he was probably a little bit, uh, I don't know, thicker when he when he came in than than Doc is, but it's a good comparison. But yeah, I bet you Kirby has better hands. So it'll be interesting to see where he kind of ends up because, gosh, looking back on that draft with Jack Hughes and Capacaco, Chicago did pretty well. Kirby Doc, I think, trends higher if you kind of are just looking at those three players. I would pick him number one overall if I was going to do the draft again. At least over Kako. Hughes is having a good year. I think he's going to be, he's going to be a pretty good player. Um, telling you, how do you win Stanley Cups, Tim? Hughes plays center. Big centerman down the middle. How big is Jack Hughes? He's a little tiny guy. Oh, so they have to be big now? Yeah, strong centerman down the middle. It's ideal if you're six foot four, 200 pounds. That's ideal. You know, yeah. they're hard yeah. to come by. Big, strong centerman who can lug the puck. No, Anyways, no. that was fun. Yeah, that was good. Anything else, Tim, you want to add? You want to touch on that referee? What'd we you should. Think of that? The problem is, yeah, we have all these interviews lined up. We, don't have, we can't talk about news anymore. Which is um, so popular. The players are reaching out to us, which is bizarre. Like, these guys want to be on the show. We're one of these shows. It's just they're not reaching out to us. But we like to think that. We do have a lot of interviews lined up. But we'll just touch on the ref thing real quick. So, Tim Peel, you know, got caught saying something to his partner. Like, I wanted to give Nashville a penalty. And, I, you know, I, basically I was going to call him a penalty. doesn't matter what happened. I, I think people – don't realize that happens more often than not. Refs are human beings. Their emotions are tied up into it. He was an older, older school ref. So I'm guessing the Nashville bench was either whining, complaining, chirping them, whatever it may be. And he's like, you know what? You're going to chirp me. I'm going to give you a penalty. That's I think it was it. also a makeup call too. I think that's what it was. Uh, makeup call. For Potentially right? missed one earlier in the game. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the uproar is about. It's a game. It's a human game. There's emotions involved. I don't think it's that big of a deal. So who knows? He, the sad thing is he was going to retire in a month. They fired him. He doesn't get to go out kind of on his, on his shield. So, they kind of just axed him. Fact check on you. They actually technically didn't fire him. They're not going to let him ref any more games, but he's still, gonna, he's still getting paid. He's still going to get his, um, what do you call it? Pension. Yeah. And, and basically the sentiment on, you know, in hockey Twitter right now and all that is, is that he's kind of being scapegoated. I mean, the league's hands were tied. Like when, it, when it's mic'd up, like everyone's talking about it. You don't really have a lot of choices, but he's doing what every ref in the league really does. And it happens, like you said, yeah. more often than not. And I think the, the bigger issue is, is how, how do you want the refs to referee the game? Because it's not really just by the book, right? Like there's a whole bunch of human elements to it. And you have to like, he's following and the rest of the refs are following what the direction they're getting from above. So do you kind of have a choice? Like, do you want them to continue doing that? Or do you want the ref literally by the book, which is kind of a different game. And like, yeah, if there's, well, you might as well put them in the stands. Well, if there's a hooking call, you know, in the last few seconds of a one goal game, a lot of times they let that go. They don't want the ref. They don't, the ref doesn't want to impact the game, but if it's hooking call, it doesn't matter when it happens. It's that, you, yeah. You know what I mean? It's a definition. Well, you see it even in the playoffs, the game changes. Once you hit the playoffs, it's a completely different ball game. The penalty goes down. It's uh, what, what are you smiling at? I see the girls in the window. Girls, oh, you're busted. All right, well, that means I got to go. I got to put these stinkers down. So thanks for listening, everybody. I really appreciate the support. Oh, you guys want to be on the podcast. What do you want to say? Bye.
Bye. That was Ava and Gabriella. It's very late, but they're very yeah. excited. Anyways, um, thanks for listening, everybody. What's that? They're not tired, just letting our thousands of listeners know that they're not tired, but they're going to go to bed anyways. <laughs> I'm tired. And I got to have dinner. All right, Tim, that was fun, my man. Good work. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for Kirby Doc. Go check out HockeyFights.com, and we will talk to you guys next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 